Hello and welcome to the Missing Peace Podcast. I'm your host Becca and here we talk about everything related to how we can reconnect to ourselves to live the life we truly want. I am passionate about helping people come back to themselves, feel comfortable in their own skin and find inner peace, freedom and fulfillment. I hope that listening to this podcast can inspire you to start your own journey to find the missing peace within. Hello everybody, welcome back to a solo episode with me, Becca, on the Missing Peace podcast. I hope you are all well today. Today I am, (laughs) it's kind of funny, I'm gonna be sharing 17, yeah, very specific number of what I guess are self-awareness practices that have really helped me transform my life. And the funny thing was, I was just gonna share five. My plan was, I'll just sort of share five which are probably more belief systems, which I'll explain about in a minute because I'll still include them today. And as I was doing it, I thought, you know what? Why don't I just share this as well? And then this thing, and then this thing. And I thought, just share everything. I want to be completely transparent with you and share everything that I can think of in as best a way as I can categorize that has had an effect on my life. And what I mean by this is over the past two, three years, while I've been on my journey of self-awareness, self-discovery, I feel like a completely different person. I feel like I like myself now. I enjoy my own company. I mean, I guess I always did enjoy my own company, but it wasn't necessarily in the right way. And I'll talk about these things as we go through these different um, practices. But I just feel so much more at peace with myself, in myself you know, in my mind and my body and connected to my spirit and my being and it's just completely transformed my life. So from this place, I've been able to create that external reality that matches how I feel inside. And so I want to share all these practices with you. And I also want to say that I'm not reinventing the wheel here. You know, I often would listen to a podcast and think, oh, I really want to hear something different. I want someone to say something different to the the other practices that I constantly hear. But the thing is, the reason that a lot of these are very similar to what you might have heard before is because they work. That's why so many people talk about them. Lots of different uh, spiritual leaders, for example. Lots of research has been done in some of these um, practices, such as gratitude, which I'll talk about as well. And so really, we don't need to reinvent the wheel because it's already pretty good at doing what it does right now, you know? All of a sudden someone comes up and goes, sure, shall we create a wheel that's in a triangle shape? Probably not going to work. And that's not to say different things don't work and and whatnot, but I want to share with you these 17 different practices and, you know, you can re-listen to the episode and take them in as you go or, you know, maybe just pick the ones that resonate with you. You know, I didn't start off doing all of these. So that's the thing to bear in mind is to just kind of maybe see what intuitively stands out for you as you listen to this and go from there and just take it slow. Take it at your own pace. This is something I've been doing for, yeah, about three years now. So I've got to a place where it feels very kind of natural and easy and part of my routine to practice these. So, yeah, be kind to yourself. That's one of them as well. There you go. A little sneak peek kindness in this situation is is really really powerful and um yeah so i just want to say as well before we get started that hopefully if i've attached it correctly you can now send me voice notes so you just click um in the show notes below there should be a link for a voice note and 
really that's just because I would love to have more of an interaction with you and make it easier for you rather than having to come and find me on Instagram or on my website or yeah on what else do I use oh yeah email um so rather than having to come and find me elsewhere you can just click that button send me a voice note anything about your takeaways of the episodes what you like about the podcast what you would like to see um any ideas for growth just anything i would love to hear from you and just you know just get some feedback that'd be really great so yeah that'll be linked in the show notes below so without further ado because we've got 17 to get through here let's get going so the first ones, like I said, I'm going to share with you that are kind of more, more belief systems. And the first one I want to mention, as if you've been with me from the start, then you'll know that this podcast used to be called the Piece of Cake podcast, because I was focusing on becoming specifically an anti-diet coach. So ditching diets is my first step. And I say, I want to say this first, because this is how I actually started my journey of self-awareness, of personal development, of really coming home to myself. And, and it wasn't necessarily that was my intention when I began. My intention when I began was actually to heal my relationship with food. I, I um, if you don't already know, I'll give you a quick background. But for about probably the majority of my 20s, I was stuck in a binge eating restrict cycle. I was obsessively exercising. And, you know, I mean, I really was. I was doing a lot of exercise and it took over my life. It took over my life so much so that I didn't want to bring anyone else in it for a long time, even though I felt kind of, you know, like I wanted love in my life. I didn't want to bring anyone in because I was scared that they would affect my schedule. I knew that someone else coming in would affect my, yeah, my eating, my exercise, my calories that I'm consuming. And I was worried that I put on weight. It was all about this body ideal. And it really came from well, what I discovered actually was that it came from a couple of different things. It comes from what we've been taught all our lives about our bodies. You know, we're looking here at body objectification. We're looking here at diets and being told that there is an ideal body shape for your physical and mental health. And so hearing these messages as you grow up from the people that you, um, you know, who raise you, maybe talking about diets or about their weight or not being happy in their bodies, to the messages you get through social media. For me, when I was younger, before social media was more magazines and the images that you're seeing. And your brain creates this picture in it and it believes that it should look a certain way to be attractive, to bring happiness in, to, you know, just, um, yeah, to find a partner, to be successful, all these different things. And so I discovered intuitive eating when I was looking at uh, healing my binge eating I tried for years to heal my binge eating but everything was from a different restrictive place and binge eating you can't control binge eating by restricting you don't you go you don't just go right I'm not gonna let myself binge for a week I've trust me I've done this and it doesn't work because you have to get to the root of what the binge eating is and binge eating a lot of the time is a coping mechanism for something that maybe you are uh, you know struggling with in life and, and food is a way to numb to distract to bury those feelings down and I did this for a long time with food and with fitness so when I discovered intuitive eating and by the way please go um, re-listen to some of the first episodes of the podcast to find out more about intuitive eating and I'm thinking of recording an updated episode on this anyway so hey send me a voice clip if this is something you'd like to hear and yeah so I discovered intuitive eating which is effectively if you have never heard of it, I would imagine it is to be anything that's the opposite. It's the opposite of a diet. It's not a diet. So you're looking at rather than 
like the calories in food or what someone else tells you should you should eat you are listening to what's going on inside you're learning to connect your hunger and fullness again you are learning to also allow yourself to enjoy food because the more we restrict food and the more we put food in the pedestal the more we can crave it and that's exactly what I went through for about eight years of my binge eating journey so I discovered uh, intuitive eating and I learned of the damage that diet culture has caused and so that's how this whole journey began because it when you look at intuitive eating you start to become more connected to yourself and you become more connected to you know what's going on inside so it's this journey of a self-inquiry journey a journey of coming back to yourself of building your self-worth again and so that's the first practice I'm going to talk about because that's how I started my whole journey and it is genuinely what I, I feel works for everybody in all honesty I don't think we should be on diets I don't think we should be listening to diet culture that doesn't mean it's easy to unravel but but yeah that's the first thing I really wanted to mention and that leads into the second uh practice which is mindful movement intuitive movement so it was along the same vein and as I said there I was excessively exercising for what was yeah I guess about eight years of my life and this was through uh, like a lot of fell running so fells here if you're not from Cumbria the fells are the kind of the hills the, the small mountains around don't have big mountains here but but yeah doing a lot of races like that I was obsessed with CrossFit for about four years I mean really obsessed with it and I would also do a lot of strength training and yeah just everything and I was obsessed I remember one day actually I just want to give you a little story just to see what it was like but I remember one day going with a friend for a walk up a fell, so a good few hours, you know, something that actually was genuinely really good for my health. And I remember thinking that it wasn't intense enough and I had to go and do a high intensity session that involved weights. So I remember feeling, you know, really unpresent with my friend because I was panicking about getting back in time for this class, which I don't think I made. It's not really the point of uh, <laughs> this um, story, but it was the fact that it kept me from being present, kept me from being you know, living in the moment. And so, yeah, mindful movement, this movement, this move into this movement is really, again, about listening to what our body is wanting. And so for me, this has lent into a lot more mind-body connected movement. So Pilates, yoga, um, I do still run, but not that much, but I tend to ensure that it's something that I really just want to do for my soul. And that usually involves going out and running in nature. And yeah, a lot of walking for me as well, wild swimming and really my actual, my, I, I have so many less aches in my body. I'm still, uh, I believe fit and healthy, um, but I'm choosing stuff that actually feels good for me. So rather than going like, what should I do to earn my food? I go like, what does my body want? And it's amazing because I've just explored so many different types of movement and I've lost all that guilt that I had about finding movement that burnt calories that was the most intensive. So that was massive for me and so I want to share that with you as well and both of them two things go together the um, intuitive eating and intuitive movement and so the third thing another one of the kind of more belief systems is really leaning into and exploring my faith which is in spirituality which is in the belief in the universe of something bigger than us of you know guardian angels spirit guides I believe in all of this and I really I really want to start talking more about this and more about the esoteric within the podcast and within my content again send me a voice clip if this is something you would like to hear 
um oh yeah and also if you're an astrologer or a human design expert or anyone like that please get in touch i would love to have you on the show this is what i'm hoping to bring more in of you know not really great english there but um but yes, yeah, so I've been exploring this communication with something bigger than me. And this has brought so much peace, so much reassurance. It's brought more trust and even like fun and spontaneity. I'm going to record an episode sometime soon, probably just a little short bonus episode talking about um, mainly last month. And I'm continuing doing this anyways, but it's been tracking the signs that I've been receiving through um maybe through numbers some has been through kind of like the downloads i've got during meditation or being out in nature the different animals i've seen and i've been tracking them all i've got like a little journal i guess of these signs and i used to just put them in my normal journal but i would lose them all because they just get messed up and i mean i go through so many journals so yeah i've decided to have one dedicated specifically for my signs and exploring them and it's been so fun it really really has been so um what's one example Oh, I'll share this now. This is like slightly not the same, but this happened just before recording this. And I've been doing this journaling practice, which I'll talk about in a second. And during it, I felt like I wanted to put my um, angel card deck on my heart. So I kept them there. And I just got this feeling that Archangel Camuel, I actually don't even know how you say his name. I'm so sorry, Archangel Camuel, Camuel, I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, and I just felt his name come through and I also felt like a, a real feeling of like the color or green light washing over me. And anyways, I decided to then pick, um, a card and what was my question? Oh, my question was how to cope with when I have a lot of energy. Like right now I have so much energy. So I was just trying to say how to, what's the best way to cope with that rather than it overtake me. And I, I'd already had, like I said, the name Archangel Camuel come to me. And what angel card did I pick? Like out of a 52 card deck? It was it was him. And it was all about love. And it was just the most beautiful moment of realising that when we follow those signs, you know, you can have these beautiful messages, this interaction with all that is. And so that's been really powerful for me. So I guess what I'm sharing on that one is not to go, hey, everybody becomes spiritual, because I know that everyone has different beliefs, different religions, different faiths. But it was to actually lean into it and explore it, which I found really, really beautiful. And it's just given me this deeper connection to myself, my being and a meaning in life. So that was the third one. And then my fourth thing is well, I've had a specific episode on this and this is on about healing and tracking my menstrual cycle. So for a very long time, I stayed on a contraceptive injection, which stopped my periods. And that was because my periods have always been very painful. I've been through a lot of painkillers and I, and I do, and I resented it when I was younger. So after about four or five years of having a period, I went on the injection and then was like, cool, forgot about it, whatever, push that aside. I'm not dealing with that. And then about three, four years ago, I decided that it didn't feel right. Like intuitively, I just wanted to come off contraception, hormonal contraception and trust my body again and see if I still had a period, you know, this is how it all began. And at some point in the future, maybe a year or two from now, not that we can plan these things so much, but um, we're looking at trying for a child. So it it's all been part of the process back then I didn't know when I came off it that I would obviously meet Dave and this would be my process but I did want to know if I'd be able to potentially have children so just actually have an idea of what my menstrual cycle was doing has been massive and then over the you know it started back and and it started back and it became painful again 
and this was difficult but then I thought you know what I've I've been I've had the test I've been to the gynecologist I've done all the different things and you know I can look for a second referral second opinion definitely and I'm looking into that now but I also just feel like I want to heal my relationship with my womb and so this is something that I have been working on and this has brought so much more acceptance of my cycle and understanding how I feel at different times of the month and working with that feeling. So like right now I'm coming out of being on my period and I feel like my energy increasing. I think this is working alongside the eclipse energy and also coming towards the full moon and I have all this energy. So I'm looking at how I can use it in this moment. And then there are other times in the month where maybe I feel a bit more inward um, and this can flow into like the exercise that I choose the um what I do with my day some like at the moment I like I said I've got this energy so I'm gonna kind of like after I've explored it I'm gonna dive into like going for a walk doing some movement I'm probably gonna do like a dance workout so ex exploring my cycle has meant that I've understood myself more and understood because of you know our hormonal changes it means that I know what's going on in my cycle and I've learned to accept having these more difficult periods with kindness and in bringing that kindness and awareness to my my womb and that relationship with that I guess, feminine energy within me, I have again felt so much more peace and reassurance from doing this. So I just feel better. So that's the reason why I wanted to share that one as well and say like it's really, really powerful when we start to, rather than ignore it and push it away, but actually embrace something because it's there. Our menstrual cycle is here. We can't ignore it. So let's see what it can, you know, teach us and how we can work with it. So I think maybe that's episode 14 or 15 or something if you want to hear a little bit more about how you can work with the seasons of your cycle, which are like your spring, summer and autumn, winter. And then the fifth thing is knowing your whys. And what I mean by this is to know what it is that you actually want to bring into your life. And that doesn't mean the kind of externally, like I want to do this job or I want to learn this or I want to have this partner. It's about how you want to feel. And when you get clear on how you want to feel, then this will be your your guiding light, you know? And this is something that I've realized more recently as well is that I was slightly coming off of alignment with that. So the feelings that I want to feel in my life, what I want to cultivate in my everyday life is to feel present, is to feel peace, is to feel freedom, love and joy. They're my main five, is that? I think that's five, which is good because it's the fifth one. And uh, yeah, so then I kind of, uh, is it reverse engineering, I guess? But like, thinking that's what I want to bring in is what I'm doing right now bringing that in reverse back to where it can where did I lose that so recently I feel like I lost that so I'm reversing back to what it is that I want to feel and then what makes me feel that way and how I can bring that into my life so getting clear on how we want to feel versus what we think we should be doing or what we think will bring us that feeling like find that feeling explore what actually does make you feel that way and live your life by this because really ultimately if we think about what we're doing in life everything that we're doing is we want to get closer to whatever that is for you for me like the peace and the joy maybe it's happiness maybe it's uh, ease whatever it is we're trying to bring that in so let's create our external world based on how we feel rather than going I think that job will bring me it it's going like does that feel like that's going to bring that to me I hope that's not too confusing but it's basically getting clear on how you want to feel and creating your life from this place and so this is so they're kind of like the five 
mm, beliefs, practices, I guess, mm, deep rooted foundations. The next load are kind of a bit more of the action steps that we can take, but are still also practices and beliefs. So number six is self-kindness. And this is how I really began to heal those kind of that inner critic that was just ruling my life, you know, just really not liking myself. And I remember, hmm, I think it was about five years ago, really honestly sitting and having a moment with myself, which I never did anyways, but sitting and had a moment with myself and just asked myself what I actually liked about myself. And that was physically and mentally. And I couldn't think of anything. I was in such a place of, you know, uh, critical energy, negative energy. I had such low self-worth and, you know, it's awful. It was really awful to feel like I was there. And I felt sad at the time about it, but sort of pushed it away for a while. And eventually it's come back in my life because, you know, that's how it works. If we don't heal it that time around, it'll come again. So self-kindness and the way that I've worked on this very simply is to talk to myself like I would a friend. And it really is as simple as starting like that. Like, how am I speaking to myself? Would I speak to my friend like that? And it isn't easy in the beginning. It's not to punish yourself for saying those negative thoughts to yourself. Like, oh, I, why did I say that in that conversation? I'm so stupid. Or I must have come across like such an idiot. Oh, I hate myself. It's kind of being aware of it at first. And sometimes it's not easy to change it, but becoming aware of it and then going, taking like a breath and thinking like, okay, how would I speak to a friend right now? And eventually the conversation happens. And another question I love to use is, what would kindness do? And this is something, I we just talked about self-kindness, but this has really been really beautiful since I discovered this question a couple of months ago in Goddess deck pack that I have actually by Colette Baron-Reed. And whenever I felt like those difficult feelings are coming in, at the moment I can catch it. And like I said, this gets easier the more you do it. So it really is about patience and consistency, everybody. But I've then asked myself that and I realised that what kindness would do isn't half the things that I was wanting to tell myself in that moment. So rather than diving into like, I feel so stupid, I feel this, I feel that, the kindness will kick in and be like, no, what kindness would say is, it's okay for you to feel this way. I can understand why we've got to this place and that's okay, but let's be kind to ourselves. Let's just, um, yeah, I mean, it all comes from kindness. Let's be kind to ourselves. Let's allow whatever's here to kind of be here but and be grateful for it and what it's trying to teach us. And that's the other thing as well is to go, well, I maybe learned a long time ago that I should punish myself by the way I speak. Maybe it's from somebody I heard would, you know, say it to themselves, like a, you know, a, a guardian figure or something like that. And I learned that or someone did say it to me or someone made me feel this kind of way. But it's been leaning into the kindness and understanding that's my patterns, that's behavior. It's not not me. So leaning into kindness. So speaking to as yourself, uh, to yourself as a friend, and um, what would kindness do is my best way that I would say to start that. And then uh, number seven, is it? I didn't number them. How stupid is that one? I've got like 15 to go, 17 to go through. Um, journaling. Journaling is massive. It's such a beautiful process of self-inquiry, being able to write out what's going on in your mind. So, you know, when you begin journaling, you can start off really simply. And this is how I started was um, with a six minute diary. And I was asking myself very simple questions in the morning and the evening, which took a couple of minutes. It was six minutes for the day, by the way, so like three minutes morning and evening. So asking myself how I am, what I'm grateful for, uh, what's my mantra for today? What can I do to make today great? And this is all taken from the six minute diary by, oh, I've forgotten his name. Oh, I do apologize, but type the six minute diary and it will come up anyways. And, um, and then in the evening, the questions like uh, what great things have happened today? How can I improve? What are my good deeds from today? And 
So this is where you can begin. Real simple questions. You can even just start off by asking yourself how you feel and writing down what comes up. I know journaling doesn't necessarily come naturally to everybody, but it's worth giving it a try and you can explore a bunch of different journaling practices. So I wanted to share with you um, what I started doing over the last week, which is something that Gabby Bernstein, who's a spiritual uh, teacher, spiritual junkie, as she calls herself, um, she talks about rage on a page which she's taken from somebody else and it's in one of her her most recent books but i heard it on a podcast a happy place by with fern cotton and what you do in rage on a page is you spend 20 minutes just journaling out whatever the hell is in your mind let it out with kindness and with that permission to say that i can release this so she calls it rage on a page because sometimes you know you just be releasing all this anger that you have or releasing all this tension or this stress or this anxiety releasing it all out it isn't necessarily always that and I've been doing this like I said for a week every day for a week and quite often I don't have that I already have a conversation with myself I might release it and then go but I know that I don't really feel this way because I already have that more of that connection to the kinder part of me and having that conversation as a friend so you do this for 20 minutes and then for the next 20 minutes you meditate but the meditating can be as simple as lying down and just letting it wash over you it's kind of like a way of processing what you've just released and yeah it's um it can be very different sometimes i've actually fallen asleep which is very unlike me but i just feel like that's what my body wanted to do and leaning into that and it's been an amazing practice so i'd fully fully recommend it and gabby bernstein really credits it for changing her life as well so it really leans into that self-awareness that conversation with yourself but yeah start journaling simply with um asking yourself a few little questions maybe a few sentences a day and then leaning to different practices um number eight is meditation again not reinventing the wheel here but start meditation maybe a guided meditation you can find a bunch on youtube i have some here on the podcast and you can just start off with simply as a couple of minutes a day maybe up to five minutes increase to 10 minutes and for years i did 10 minutes and yeah this is developed i now really love meditation and i'm exploring it more and more but just start off where it feels good for you Bringing this stillness in is a beautiful way of being able to connect with what's going on with you. Bring in kindness, bring in love, bring in um, like relaxation. You're reducing, you know, that kind of fight or flight response that you may have triggered in your body through stress and anxiety. And it's been able to calm your mind down. There's loads of research on meditation and just it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but if we tell ourselves it's not easy, then it's going to be even more difficult. So just give it a try. Well, not even give it a try. I would honestly say just create a practice of it and see what happens. It's not going to change everything in one day. You know, you might be that person that happens too, but it's not always the way. So just bear that in mind, but just create like a little practice that's consistent for you and see what changes in your life through looking at journaling, through checking in with yourself. You'll start to notice changes. And then number nine, which is massive for me, which is getting into nature as much as possible, like every day. And you know, I live in a housing estate, but it's on the edge of a, a city, a small city, Carlisle. And I had this little coppice of woods and it's small, you know, I can hear the motorway from there. People walk through it all the time. They've got some building work going on near there. So it doesn't mean that we can just go and climb a mountain every day, but it's been able to just even just spend time with our houseplant. Just really appreciating that beautiful nature. It is so healing. We are beings of nature. We are nature. So explore that connection. 
and yeah this has been really massive for me so i just say to people just see if you can spend some time in nature every day like i said even if it's a house plant even if it's just looking out your window maybe it's sitting in your garden whatever it is looking up at the sky if you live in a city you know that's something that nicola fisher talks about on the podcast episode just before this one so if you haven't listened to it already do check that out there and then gosh are we on number 10 yeah sorry don't know why i haven't labeled these just thought it'd be easier than uh, than i realized number 10 changing my language so this is kind of related to speaking to yourself as a friend as well but it's becoming aware of what you tell yourself every day and you can get your um anyone close to you to get on board with this and dave my partner was really good at highlighting to me that i quite often say to myself oh i'm so stupid you know that was my big one i'm just so stupid and um he would really point it out to me and I think, oh my God, I do. I say this to myself a lot of the time. Cue another spiral of, oh, why do I say this to myself? Or oh, why do I think I'm so stupid? And, uh, but becoming aware of it was massive. And, you know, I said it a lot. Like I, you know, in the beginning I really did. But when I became aware of what I was saying to myself, I could then eventually start catching it and be like, so I might say, oh, I'm so stupid. And I'd be like, but I'm not, I'm not stupid at all. That was something, you know, I said in that moment and it came from the right place. And maybe that wasn't necessarily the outcome that I wanted, but it's okay. Let's treat myself with kindness. And over time, you'll slowly get there with it. But changing a language and becoming aware of it first and then looking to change it and replace it with something that feels good is really, really powerful. Number 11 now these really underpin everything when it comes to self-awareness i think and that is to check in with yourself regularly so you'll have heard this through the different practices we're talking about through the journaling for example and that is to really just ask yourself throughout the day how am i feeling so you can start by putting phone um like alerts on reminders you can be put post-it notes around your house again get your friends and family involved and just say like have you checked in with yourself you can put i think like a, a lot of these smart watches will get you to pause and you can take some breaths can't you i think there's something that they do i don't have one but i feel like people talk about that um but yeah use those like uh features on your watch or on your phone and maybe you can just take a few breaths maybe you can just lean into a bit of mindfulness what can you see what can you feel what can you hear right in this moment how do you feel and this isn't about changing it it's just becoming aware of what's there and the more we do this the more we can become aware of how we're feeling in general maybe some behavior patterns um, you can identify them and so it's massive so if you're going to take one thing away from this whole episode i personally believe this is the place to start because it doesn't really require anything it just requires you to take the time that fits you in your day maybe you just check in with yourself once in one day that is better than yesterday and that's amazing so really explore how you're feeling and remember as well that the if it's difficult to do this and it can really be difficult you know maybe you don't know what's what's there or you are afraid of what's there just take it at your own pace maybe you start to ask yourself how you feel and what's coming up can feel a bit well really intense you are completely able to pull back from that just you know just tell yourself that you are always safe and that you can just go as far into it as you want and that's okay you can pull back that's already starting the journey of becoming connected to yourself so take it slow and you know if you're finding it very difficult if stuff is coming up that is really hard then it is worth looking into potentially seeking some professional advice here as well and I haven't actually put this in my my 17 things but therapy was really really powerful for me and I honestly think we should all just have therapists all the time 
so that's something that I really want to bring into um, my life at some point is to have regular therapy sessions and number 12 now this is having an intention list for the week and what I mean is it's a bit like a schedule so at the end of a week going into the next week when I've done a bit of reflective journaling about how my week's gone I look into what I want to call in that week so I make lists and I've got an episode in this as well it's oh I don't know what episode number it is like eight or ten or something and it's creating this intention list um and so I'll make a list of things that would be one would be like um, housework, one would be work for my in my business, one will be uh, general things like appointments and stuff, one will be social. And I kind of create this list of the different things that I want to kind of achieve for the next week, intentions rather than things that I need to do. And the reason I do this is because I am somebody who really thrives on structure. But when I don't have any structure, I'm like lost. I'm such a procrastinator. I will completely, you know, I'll get completely lost in having 10 million different tasks open at once and not get anything, anything done. So for me, it provides that bit of focus and it means that I can actually work out what my priorities are. And sometimes, especially when I went through a real... Um, I'm really coming out the other side of it. I feel great about it as well, but it's still there. And my anxiety basically is driven by this need for control and this need to have um, a schedule. So it's been a way of creating a healthy schedule with the I control rather than it controlling me. So do revisit that episode, especially if you're somebody who feels like you can get really overwhelmed of everything you've got going on in your day. And often I would basically see things as need to do's when they weren't like, I must do this workout at 11 o'clock. I must um, do this housework at, you know, 1130. And if I don't do that, then, oh my God, like I go into stress mode. And this would genuinely be what would happen. So I've been able to, through all these processes, be able to kind of work out what's going on with my anxiety, what the roots of it are, and then be able to know that creating a schedule is actually really good for me, a healthy intention schedule of would likes rather than need to do's and changing that language and then being able to go through my week whilst having this focus has been really really powerful so yeah absolutely create like schedules that can make you feel at ease and more in control of what's kind of going on in your life but without it controlling you and then oh 12 13 14 15 16 oh my god am i on 12 or 13 Anyways, next step is mindfulness. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'll we'll try and number them next time I do uh, an incredibly long list. And mindfulness. So this is that feeling of becoming present, present in our everyday lives. And presence, like I said, is one of those feelings that I want to create and cultivate in everyday life. This is where I believe that you find love within yourself and give it to the world. And and there's love that's everywhere. I personally believe everything is love. So being present, you can feel this being present you can feel joy being present you can feel peace and so presence is really powerful and it means that you know I don't know if you've ever been the same but sometimes I've just floated through my days and conversations with people and you know I don't even really remember I wasn't there in the moment I was always thinking about what to do next like or ruminating on something in the past and I'm not perfect I still do this but being able to be mindful and practicing mindfulness is so so powerful and my partner Dave he credits mindfulness and saving his life from when he went through um well he still has PTSD and other um mental health issues that I'm well I want to get him on the podcast actually to talk about them at some point he really helped me identify that I had anxiety as well and 
yeah I he's just the, the most kind and understanding person when it comes to these yeah these kind of um, mental issues that we have so mindfulness is really powerful and you can begin by you can take like scans of yourself so you can become mindful of what's going on in your body um with your thoughts and your emotions so again it's that like asking yourself how i feel right now where was i this is something that i learned from dr nicola pera the holistic psychologist who has a book and there's a massive instagram account and she talks about this when you're checking in with yourself like i just said about that previously you can check in and then ask yourself like where was i so were you planning something in the future? Were you worrying about something in the past? Becoming aware of where you were and bringing yourself back to where you are now. And it's massive. And another way you can obviously practice mindfulness is in a very kind of uh, traditional sense of looking into what can I see, hear, feel, taste and touch right now. So you can just kind of try and do that as a bit of a check in throughout your day. Just like run through it. It takes 30 seconds and then you can increase that obviously if ever you want. But what can I see right now? So I look around my room, I can see the tree outside the window blowing in the breeze and the sun shining on it. I can see a mirror, I can see my house plant, I can see the, um, the I can like see the texture, the smoothness, see the texture, <laughs> but I can see like the, the curtain and I know that it feels kind of like velvety and um, yeah, just having a moment to scan your room and then you can, like I said, you can scan how you feel and maybe any physical sensations that come up in your body. And then the next one, which I'm going to say is 14, I think. Um, and that is somatic practices. So this is kind of like practices that are mind-body connection practices. I'm no expert in any of this, but some of these have been really, really powerful in helping me reduce when I feel anxious symptoms, when my nervous system is heightened. And this is really what a lot of it is about. So for example, one of the practices is called havening. And havening is when you... Imagine that you are kind of like um, got your arms crossed, so your hands are touching the opposite back of the other arm, and you run your fingers very gently down, yeah, the opposite of um, the back of each arm, and you'll feel this. You'll feel these sensations. So feel into the sensations that are there. Go down to your elbow, and then go back up to your shoulder and down again, and just allow that to calm you. These bilateral movements are really great at calming our nervous system, and we have a lot of nerve endings in this area. So again, it's a way of, it basically stimulates more of the brain. So uh, you can have a reduction in the part of the brain. I think it's the amygdala that's um, working through the, with, with the kind of um, your nervous system. So gosh, I hope it's, is it the amygdala? amygdala. Gosh, I can, I'm not really great at remembering the areas of the brain. So apologize if that's wrong, but that's one practice. Another thing you can do is you can tap um, your opposite shoulders with, your opposite hands that makes sense so your right hand is tapping your left shoulder and vice versa and you can just tap out doing that and it's another way of calming your nervous system there's a lot on eye movement as well which is why getting out in nature is amazing because you're seeing so many things and your your vision has been stimulated which can calm your nervous system so this is ways in which you can basically work with your nervous system and work with your body which is massive, really, really massive. It's something that I'm interested in studying, so watch this space. Okay, and number four, 15 is gratitude. And yes, I know it sounds cheesy about being grateful all the time. I know it, I felt it in the beginning 100%. But gratitude is so powerful to be grateful for whatever you have in your life right now. And that can be as simple as being grateful for your breath right now, being grateful for your cup of tea, being grateful for 
the money in your bank account, being grateful for the people in your life. And even if it's really difficult, you can just start to be grateful for maybe like the the home that you're living in, maybe being grateful for that um, plant that you walk past, being grateful for that person who smiled at you. And it's about finding this gratitude in everyday life. So you can obviously go through your life and focus on that. Or you can maybe again lean into journaling and write what you're grateful for every day, maybe like a gratitude list. Um, and so focusing on this and again I know this can be really difficult in the beginning especially when we can be in a place that feels quite difficult and we might think like well what have I got to be grateful for start off very simply then start off very simply about what you are grateful for in that moment and it can just be really little things to really big things and practice number 16 is affirmations and mantras so whatever that is for you some powerful ones for me are I have everything I need within me I have all the time money energy and wisdom to fulfill my purpose in life and what I really love at the moment is I am a being of light and love. These resonate for me. That doesn't mean they'll resonate for you but affirmations can be a really great way of reprogramming those kind of conditionings that we've grown up with all our lives of maybe not feeling enough, not feeling good enough, not feeling um, attractive enough, not feeling like clever enough, whatever it is. It's usually about not feeling enough in some way, shape or form. But affirmations can be really powerful, especially when you've kind of like already done a bit of the work of leaning into what's going on with you, um, as opposed to kind of washing it away and finding affirmations that resonate with you because you some people like say ones and it might not feel good to you so I don't know maybe you're trying to bring money in and go like I am a millionaire I'm a money magnet and you might think no that doesn't work for me find one that does work for you which in that situation might be like um, I am respectful of money or something along those lines so it's using these and one thing I really love to do is to combine that with going out for a walk and imagine myself, to, well not imagine myself, but I am saying these as I, as I walk and as I'm, the reason I say imagining is because I often imagine myself kind of stepping into that version of me, which is something that I got from one of previous guests um, on the show who's K-Sky Donna a couple of episodes ago and she talked about it in one of her podcasts about this idea of imagining yourself to step into the person that you really want to be and yeah I think this visualization alongside of affirmations can be really really powerful and they really helped me with my issues with time and worrying that I didn't have enough time so I started I did a lot of meditations that were based on kind of like knowing that timing works out for me and then using affirmations like I said before about the I have all the time money energy and wisdom to fulfill my purpose in life that was a really great mantra for me for a good few months and it still is but I've kind of worked on that a bit more and other things come up for me now and then the last practice is leaning into heart and love practices now again I would have found this incredibly cheesy and just a bit like ugh in the beginning but probably for the past month or so I felt so drawn to this and it has been powerful and this is really a kind of going into the compassion and kindness again where we start to focus our energy on our heart and that can be asking ourselves like how does my heart feel right now what what is my heart trying to say to me what would my heart do right now what would kindness do right now you know that's that's in your heart isn't it so I do a lot of Tara Brack's meditations um, because she talks a lot about focusing on our heart energy and I think it's heart aliveness I can't remember now but it's another term for mindfulness so it all comes together in this connection to love and to heart 
And when we connect to love and to heart, we can connect to this compassion, this uh, yeah, kindness, empathy, and it just brings a more of a gentle feeling towards ourselves, but also to all living things. And so, yeah, we can explore this through meditations. That's really powerful. We can explore it through teachings. Again, Tara Brack, I really lean to her for teachings as well on this because she kind of releases um, a meditation and a teaching once or twice a week even. Um, so, so yeah, really leaning into that. And yeah, I do a lot of kind of like hands on heart. You can do this in the mirror, maybe even say some affirmation to yourself with your hands on your heart, feeling the beat of your heart underneath your hands and just taking that time to connect to this beautiful energy that really is all that there is and everything else is everything else just part of our conditioning our ego I don't know but I just feel like there our our world our the the eternal being of the world is is love and we have this deep within all of us so yeah that's what I wanted to close on was to talk about leaning into love and heart and kindness so yeah everybody I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I would love again to know your biggest takeaways from it or maybe some practices you want to try so send me a little voice note below and uh, yeah we'll speak very very soon goodbye Hey everybody, before you go, I have recorded a surrender meditation, which is perfect for anyone who is feeling a lot of resistance in their life, feeling tension in their body and struggling to relax and find calm. It is also great for you if you're feeling lost, directionless, maybe as though you lack purpose, and it's a short recording that you can use every day to release this tension and learn to go with the flow. If you'd like to receive this, all you need to do is write an honest review about the podcast, screenshot this review and send it to rebeccaguy at live.co.uk and I will send a meditation straight over to your inbox. Everything will be linked in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed the episode and see you next week.